All right, wonderful prayer time, and thank you all so much, Jim. Thank you for filling in, and uh, I appreciate Dr. Sain's encouragement. And uh, you just uh, let the word out there and and let it do its work. Uh, such a wonderful group today, and uh, how many of you stayed up late? I did. Got in bed maybe a little bit late. I tried to lay in bed and watch uh, TV and my head's bobbing up and down. So, uh, praying for a great uh, victory today, hoping for one, and um, go Cox with the women. And uh, they need to get all over that little, I call her a little bit, five foot two or four. She can jump about ten feet, and so need to get all over her. I had a wonderful week and uh, had the joy of uh, preaching, I'll call it preaching, in uh, P&L. And I saw some of you in P&L uh, on Wednesday and, and did a Bible study on Psalm 37. I had a uh, wedding last night and I had, you know, weddings are funny. And if they're not funny, they're boring. So you want a, a funny wedding. But I, uh, you know me, I'm, I'm just waiting for people to laugh anyway. But uh, I uh, had the groom and uh, he was back there with me and he said, uh, well, I hope I'm going to be okay. <laughs> I said, I hope you are too. <laughs> I said, if you're flat on your back, we got a problem. He said, well, I'm just so nervous. All these people staring at me. And I said, well, just don't look at them. And so I uh, got him out there and he got up on the platform. He said, boy, it's really, really hot in here. I thought, man, he's going to fall over. But um, he, um, he started breathing a little bit deeper and, and did okay. And you know what? It's never the bride. It's always the groom. You know, he's the one about ready to pass out. Of course, if you've been married very long, men, you understand that, don't you? All right. I'm sorry, women. I just let that one slip, okay? But, uh, but the father of the bride did something that I had never had happened before. He uh, came to me beforehand and he said... Uh, now, Pastor, you know it's April 1st. <laughs> I said, I know it. And, um, well, I'll just tell you who it was. The, the father's Daryl Hudson and uh, Mackenzie Hudson. I performed the wedding yesterday. But anyway, Daryl's just, you know, Henri. And, and uh, so he walks this beautiful bride, Mackenzie, down the aisle. Stop there at the first pew. Who gives this woman to be wed? He said, no, 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 no. I've changed my mind. <laughs> I mean, the place fell out. And then he said, no. He said, uh, her mother and I. But anyway, it was exciting. But I, I've never had that happen before. 
Well, today we're looking at Mark chapter 4. And if you got your Bible, Mark chapter 4, verses 21 through 34, as we continue to expound the Gospel of Mark. Today, we're going to look at the title, The Storyteller. Jesus was a master at telling stories. Uh, he knew how to connect a earthly story with a heavenly message. And we call those parables. And Jesus was a master at telling parables. And so today, we find three parables that Jesus tells here in this uh, passage. We find that they involve a light, a bunch of seeds, and one tiny, tiny seed that's powerful. Now, parables shine light on truth. And that's really what Jesus is doing here. He shines light on truth. So I want to begin in verse 21. And I'm going to go ahead and read 21 through uh, 25. And because that's the first section that we're going to look at, 21 through 25. And he was saying to them, A lamp is not brought to be put under a basket, is it? Or under a bed? Is it not brought to be put on the lampstand? For nothing is hidden except to be revealed, nor has anything been secret, but that it would come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he was saying to them, Take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you, and more will be given you besides. For whoever has, to him more shall be given. And whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Now that is the first parable. And then you find the second parable is verses 26 through 29. Let me read that beginning in verse 26. And he was saying, The kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil. And he goes to bed at night and gets up by day. And the seed sprouts and grows. How he himself does not know. The soil produces crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. But when the crop permits, he immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Alright, so that's the second parable. Now, the third parable is the parable of the mustard seed. And that's verses 30 through 32. Let me read those. And he said, How shall we picture the kingdom of God? Or by what parable shall we present it? It is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the soil, though it is smaller than all the seeds that are upon the soil, yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and forms large branches, so that the birds of the air can nest under its shade. So, 
Three parables, three powerful messages. And Jesus, as this wonderful storyteller, tries to get the attention of the crowd by telling story after story after story. Now, what Jesus knows is that sometimes people forget hard, powerful truth, but they remember stories. Now, if I would ask you today, what was the lesson about last Sunday? You would say, Green Acres. <laughs> or you would say, well, He told a story about this. But sometimes we remember the powerful parables of Jesus, like the Good Samaritan, like the Prodigal Son, because those stories resonate with you and I to illustrate a biblical truth in a powerful way is a parable. And that's what Jesus does. Now, stay with me, alright? All three of these parables, the parable of the seeds, the parable of the lamp, the parable of the mustard seed, all three have a message that says, don't judge the power of the Gospel just by what you can see. In other words, God is working behind the scenes. God works in invisible ways, ways that you and I cannot comprehend. God is always working when we are faithful. I heard uh, years ago a preacher say, God called us to fish, not to catch. Catching is His business. Fishing is our business. Now when you look at history, you find that some of God's best and finest preachers and missionaries were faithful to serve even though they had bare or minimal results. I mean, name two. William Carey, sometimes called the father of the modern missionary movement. He labored in India for seven years before he got one convert. Now, I'd have quit. I'm just telling you. I'd have found me a boat back to England or back to America. I, I would have quit. Seven years before he had one single convert. But now, listen to what he wrote. He wrote, the future is as bright as the promises of God. And yet labored seven years before he had one convert, served there 40 years. And in 40 years, God did amazing things that he might not have seen, but God was working behind the scenes. Adoniram Judson, missionary, sometimes called father of the American Baptist missions, labored in Burma year after year after year. Barren results, but God was working behind the scenes. You never know what's going to happen when you shine a light when you throw some seeds, and when you throw the smallest particle of the Gospel 
that you can. May I add something? Go ahead, Dr. Stang. Uh, the Karen people, Burmese people who are here in church, Yeah. he was the one who touched their hearts. That's right. We have a Burmese church today because of men like Adoniram Judson and, and men like William Carey that were faithful. But, you know, you can trace back uh, the great missionary movement. These guys were failures in the eyes of the world. But the power of God was upon, was upon their life. They knew that they were doing something that would be eternal. Now, the teacher's Bible commentary says about this passage, it is not up to us to measure the response, but to sow the seed. A well-known saying reminds us that great oaks from little acorns grow. It's true, isn't it? You know, it's amazing when you look at the Word of God, you find that sometimes there's a very, very small light shown. Powerful things happen. You know, the Gospel seed thrown out there when a sovereign God who's on the throne is connected with man's free will and man chooses to receive the gospel message, the power is there from the gospel to change a life. A sovereign God, free will of man. Charles Spurgeon said it so well. He said, salvation is like a train running down a track. He said, one rail is the sovereignty of God. The other rail is the free will of man. You've got to have two rails for the train to run on. And that's the power of the Gospel. Now, Jesus in these three stories. Now remember, a little lamp, a bunch of seeds, one small mustard seed is saying that we are called to be faithful. We are called to put our hand to the plow. We are called to throw the seed out there. Uh, let me give you a couple of, of illustrations. Someone goes into a restaurant and they bow their head and they say a blessing over their feet. You know what that is? That is shining a little light. That's throwing some seed. That's taking a small, small mustard seed and throwing it out there. Someone gets on the phone and calls their child that maybe is a prodigal child. And you don't preach at them, but you simply say, I'm praying for you. That's casting a small light, throwing a little seed. And so you and I find that sometimes we don't see big results, but God has called us to be faithful. Now, let's see what we learn. Alright? Number one. We learn from parable number one that the light of Jesus will not be hid. Man, you can't hide it. Try it. I mean, trying to hide Jesus is like trying to hide JB over here. <laughs> you can't hide him. Bright and brilliant. Not JB, but Jesus, alright? 
when, when you are frustrated and when you're ready to quit, when you feel like what you're doing is not counting for anything, man, look at this parable. The lamp in verse 21 is Jesus. Jesus is the lamp. And that reference to Jesus is also found in John chapter 8, verse 12. It says, Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows Me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, the lamp doesn't need to be a big lamp. It can be a small lamp. Doesn't need to be a big light, it can be a small light. I know when I get up in the morning, I, I try to be quiet so I don't wake up Pam. And, and uh, we have a pet turtle, and I don't want to wake up Bob the turtle, so I'm, <laughs> I'm tiptoeing around. And... So I don't turn on big lights, I, I turn on just a night light. Alright, I use my phone. I, I got tickled. I went out to eat with Steve Phillips one time, and Steve Phillips says, Man, it's so dark in here I can't see the menu. So he pulls out his, his cell phone and puts a light on the menu. A small light can make a lot of difference. Light one candle in a dark room. It can make a big impact. And so, how do we respond to this lamp? Well, if you hide it, you misuse it. And we find this in verses 21 through 23. Verse 21, uh, no one buys or, or brings a lamp in and puts it under a basket. Well, that's just silly. I mean, that is misusing the lamp. And there are several, if not thousands of, of churches today that have a message, but it's not a Jesus message. There are hundreds of thousands of Christians that maybe have a good neighbor message, but it's not a Jesus message. Now, I want to tell you, I love Him enough. Man, I want to talk about Him. I want to preach about Him. I want to sing about Him. I don't like singing that doesn't have Jesus in it. I want to talk about Him. And so, a lamp is only good when it's outside shining in a dark area. Now, verse number 23 is kind of interesting. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, you've heard me say, now, now listen up. Don't drift off. You don't catch this. The Message Bible says verse 23 like this. Are you listening to this? Really listening. Now you know what the difference is. Sometimes you're listening, but you're not really listening. Sing in front of the TV. Men, you're watching something very, very interesting on TV. It's a ball game. It's someone out there killing a deer. I don't know, whatever you're watching, alright? Man, you are tuned into it. And your wife is talking. 
Yeah, you're listening. But are you really listening? No, you're not. Because if your wife is smart and clever, and most of them are, they're going to stop and say, I want you to repeat back to me what I just said to you. <laughs> and then let me tell you where you are. You're praying in your heart, even so come, Lord Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Jesus better have your heart because she's going to have the rest of you, alright? Now listen. Jesus said, do you got the message here? Do you understand that a light is not good if you take it and put it under a covering? Now, also... He goes a step further and says, if you hide it, you may lose it. That's verses 24 and 25. Verse 25, look at that. For whoever has, to him more shall be given. And whoever does, does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Now, to save you from weird and strange interpretations, let me just very simply tell you what that means, alright? It's not talking about losing your salvation. Not talking about that. What it is talking about is losing your testimony. If you constantly hide Christ in your life, if you constantly try to live a incognito, a camouflaged Christian life, you're going to lose the power of your testimony. And you're going to have somebody come up and say to you, well, I didn't know you went to church. Isn't it a shame that sometimes people work somewhere for 20 years and, and then a co-worker says, well, I didn't know that you went to church. That's someone who has taken the lamp and put it under a basket. And that's what he's talking about. You either use your testimony or you're going to lose your testimony. You either share the power of the light of Christ in your life or you're going to lose that light, that illumination. Now, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 9 is a wonderful verse on that. Proverbs 9.9 9 says, Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase his learning. So, the light of Jesus will not be hid if you are faithful to shine. You never know what a little light is going to do. How many times have you heard of a parent who started coming to church because a little child said, Daddy, will you come to church with me? Mama, will you come to church with me? A little light can make a huge difference. Alright, let me move on. Okay, second parable. we gotta got to move on. Second parable. In verses 26 through 29, we find the parable of the seeds. Not just a seed, but really the parable of the seeds. And we find in this second parable, 
It says that God will see to it that the kingdom grows. Now, this is out of my element. I'll confess that to you. But let's say that one day you take a handful of seeds and you throw them out there and they land on dirt. Land on some good soil. And all of a sudden, pretty soon things start sprouting. I moved into a house one time and out there walking into the house I, I found some plants. I thought they were kind of nice looking plants so I didn't pull them up. And so after a while I, I looked at those plants and they started growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and then some little buds came on those plants. And I thought, oh, that's a pretty little bud on there. And so uh, then uh, after period of time, I saw something that looked like was trying to sprout out of those buds. And then before I knew it, I had some tomatoes out there. <laughs> now, I, I didn't know those were tomato plants. I had no idea. I mean, could have been marijuana. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> but, but there were some plants there. And someone, they were just kind of growing wild. Now, when you and I throw the gospel seed out there, remember that, that the seed is the Word of God, the gospel message. In verse 26, you find sowing there. Look at verse 26. And he was saying the kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil. So, here's a guy doesn't really know what he's doing, kind of like me. He just throws some seed out there. Throws it on the soil. Well, then you find in verse 27 and 28 that the seed begins to grow. Well, then, verse 29, look at that. But when the crop permits, he immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So, what you have happening You've got sowing, then growing, and then you've got the harvest. There is a mystery about the growth of the kingdom of God. I don't understand how that the power of the gospel can change someone's life. A lot of things in life I just don't understand. I mean, I, I just don't have it figured out. I just believe it. You know, how in the world... A brown cow can eat green grass and give white milk. I don't understand that. You may have that figured out. I don't. Some things I, I just don't understand. Now, the Bible says when you and I are faithful just to throw some seed out there, there's a mystery. This one grows. This one doesn't. This heart is right. This heart is not. You know, if it was me, I would say, well, let's throw seed in this direction. God says throw it everywhere because you never know what's going to happen. Now, look in your Bible real quick to James chapter 1, verse 21. James 1, 21. 
James 1.21. Give you a chance to find that. James chapter 1, verse 21. The Bible says, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness, and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the Word implanted, which is able to save your souls. So the Bible says you and I receive the Word implanted in our hearts. There's a mystery though about this growth. Now, there's also a certainty about the growth. I look back in verses 28 and 29 in Mark 4. In verses 28 and 29, you find these words. There's a blade, there's near, and then it's full grown. Alright? The blade, then the head, and then a mature grain appears. God is working in a heart when you can't see it. That's the message there. Danny Aiken at Southeastern Seminary said, God did not design His kingdom to come like a tidal wave or a bolt of lightning, both of which come quickly and disappear quickly. Aren't you glad for a stability, a longevity in the kingdom of God? Man, God's, God's work marches on. You and I are planning today what will benefit the kingdom in a hundred years from now save the coming of the Lord. The new YMCA building. How many students will be reached with the power of the Gospel over in that building? You know, on and on we could talk about God beginning with small, small things and the kingdom growing. So we can be encouraged. God will see to it. Listen, God will see to it that His kingdom grows. Alright, third and last, we find the parable of the mustard seed. And I love this one because um, God's kingdom may begin small, but it will grow large. And we find in verses, really verses 30 through 32, this parable about this small, tiny seed. Now, the final parable here it's not a bunch of seeds. It's one little tiny seed. God's kingdom program will experience incredible results because of the power in the little seed. Look at verse 30. And He said, How shall we picture the kingdom of God? Or by what parable shall we present it? So, He's talking about the kingdom of God. Verse 31. It is like a small, like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the soil, though it is smaller than all the seeds which are, which are upon the soil. Let me stop there and tell you that when Jesus told this parable, they understood what a mustard seed was. I've seen one. Small, small, tiny seed. But guess how big the mustard plant is? Big. Grows big. God's program experiences 
incredible results through a small, tiny seed. Again, a prayer in a restaurant. That's a mustard seed. A phone call to a child. That's a mustard seed. Laying a track on a co-worker's desk. That's a mustard seed. But through that track, through that prayer, through that phone call, man, God can bring about huge results in His kingdom. God's kingdom program requires examination. That's really verse 33 and 34. Let me read those. With many such parables, He was speaking the Word to them so far as they were able to hear it. And He did not speak to them without a parable, but He was explaining everything privately to His own disciples. Now, in verse 33, notice the phrase, as they were able to hear it. You and I just need to pray that God would give us open ears. God would give us open hearts to the truth. Again, the kingdom starts small, but it will grow large. Now, to wrap this up, I want you to take your Bible. Find this, alright? Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. The parable of the Lamb. The seeds and the small mustard seed. All are there to encourage you and I just to be faithful. And then the end result, God's going to do a massive work through our faithfulness. What will the end be? Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count. <laughs> Isn't that great? From every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands. And they cry out with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. One day, because of that prayer, you prayed at a restaurant. Because of that phone call you're going to make. Because of talking to someone, a co-worker maybe. We're going to be before the throne of God with a number that no one can count. We're all going to say praise to the Lamb who made it all possible. Man, if that doesn't charge your battery, I don't know what does. Check your pulse because you must be dead. Alright? Let me pray for us. Father, thank You for Your Word today. Man, may we go with energy. God, may we go with power and fire and enthusiasm. And Lord, help us not uh, to, to bow down or to cow down when we don't see great results. Because God, You're always working through a small lamp through you and I, or through us, God, throwing seeds. And Lord, through the power of one small witness, 
someone can be saved. And one day, Father, before Your throne, we're going to celebrate and we're going to praise the Lamb who made it all possible. In Jesus' name, Amen. Have a great day.